0: you can turn with me. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to be looking at verses 4 through 6. So last week, I know some of you may have been out because you got to go on vacation and all that stuff for the holiday, like Teresa there. All right, Uh, But we talked about love's prescription that we were given, about how we can have all of these things, right? We can even know prophecies. We can um, have eloquent speech, all these different things. But... Love is greater than every single bit of that. In fact, if we don't have love, it basically said all of those are worthless. So we need to understand that as love is prescribed to us, it still needs to be something that dwells within our heart. Once it dwells within our heart, it's going to show itself. It's going to reveal itself. So today what we're going to be looking at is we're going to be looking at the description of love. So as we look at the next few verses, 4, 5, and 6, we're going to see this description that's of love that's given. Now look, it's broken down into sections. It's broken down into the elements of love, and then it's broken down into attitudes and to actions. So when we read these verses, I'm going to read them, but then we're going to come back and we'll be picking out these 10 elements and putting them in the right places, okay? And so that's what we'll be doing over the course of the message. So as I share the verses with you, let's read. And Now look, I'm sure if you've ever gone to a wedding, you've heard these, right? So everybody thinks that this is just going to be all peachy king with their wedding, and you get all the descriptions of every single bit of this, right? They don't ever happen this way. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. Love is patient, not for tomorrow, Hunter. It is not. That's right. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecomingly. Love does not seek its own. Love is not provoked. Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. And then love. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness. So we've given this uh, all these ten things right here that have been a, a description of what love is. So there's four elements that define what love is. All right, let's look at those. Love is patient. Love is kind. And then you need to skip on over love. It says love does not brag. So love is humble. And then you need to skip on down where it says love does not take into account a wrong suffered love is forgiving. These are the four elements of a love relationship that define a love relationship. So, if we're going to enter into a relationship with someone else, either whether that be spousal or whether that be friendships or whatever we have, these are the four elements of love that we need to be that need to be displayed by us to other folks love is patient are you patient all right i mean think about that some of us in our own personality in the very own core being of how we're made up are not patient i am not one of those people i'm very very patient i'm just kidding all right i'm very impatient all right so patience is an aspect of my life that i have to really really work on. how many of you are kind don't answer that all right and you don't need me to be poking anybody else next to you either okay Love is kind. Right, okay, now think about this. Patience and kindness are actually a fruit of the what? Spirit. Spirit. So they're a fruit of the Spirit. So when we give ourselves to the Lord, we may not have these as part of our generic makeup identity, DNA, whatever you want to call it, but it is something that it can that we can receive from the Holy Spirit. So don't tell me that you're just an honorary person because kindness is something that is a gift from God and is available to every believer and follower of Christ because it is a spiritual gift. It is something that is a fruit of the Spirit. So patience, kindness, and then the last two are not do-nots do nots that are listed here, but they're basically they're elements that love takes on within us. Humility. Love is always humble. Love always forgives. In fact, Scripture tells us that we cannot be forgiven until we forgive others. In other words, when we've been wronged, then for us to get over that, we need to forgive. You know, I know it's very difficult for us sometimes to, to go and we read and we see articles or we hear people on newscasts profess that when they've lost a loved one, someone's killed someone else, or, I've forgiven them for that. But you know what? You have to forgive folks for the things that we, the wrongs that we've suffered to be able to move on with our lives. When we don't forgive, what does that do? We harbor envy. We harbor strife. These are all the things of the flesh scripturally it tells us right before the fruits of the Spirit, it tells us the things that we get caught up to and get caught up with in the flesh. So if we're not going to allow the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and to break this up, we're not going to be able to give this kind of love to other people. We're not going to be able to receive forgiveness until we forgive those who have wronged us. So these basic elements make up the love relationship that we give out to other people. Ephesians 4 Chapters 4, verses 1 and 3 says this... Therefore, I, a prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling for which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Do you get this? All four elements that I just gave you that Paul talked about here in 1 Corinthians, he says for us to be able to have a relationship with other people in the bond of unity, in peace, we have to have every single bit of that. He just says it. The same words are there. He, In fact, some of them, are, If gentleness is kindness. And then showing tolerance for one another in love and being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Every single bit of this. So in other words, if we're going to walk in the manner to which God has called us, we have to have this kind of love that is described in 1 Corinthians in our lives. We cannot be a unifying peaceful part of the body of Christ without it so if we're going to be prideful we're not going to function properly if we're going to be unforgiving we're not going to function properly if we're not going to be kind or we're not going to be patient then guess what we're going to mess up that bond of peace This is how we can tell within the congregation what's going on in the lives of people. When our love relationship is upset, somebody has upset that balance. And it has become upset, not necessarily because they're a bad person, but in their heart. In their heart, they've lost the love. And when we lose the love, then we mess up everything else. Or basically will cause discord not necessarily that we break everything up but we cause discord because of our lack of love so who are you responsible for keeping in check for this kind of relationship yourself, thank you Miss Liz you're not responsible for somebody else, Pastor Tim you need to go talk with them over there because they lost their love I'm going to break out in my Top Gun song. You've lost that love and feeling. <laughs> Pastor Tim, go tell them. They're the one messing it all up. We, this church would be perfect if it wasn't for that person over there. <laughs> We're not responsible for that. We're responsible for the love relationship that we have with the Lord and, and other people. So we've got to keep this together our job is to keep it together for us now look does god call us to what reprimand or remind others when they've lost that love relationship yes but that doesn't mean that we can go tell them that (laughs) they're the reason that we got all these problems that's not our that's judgment and that's exactly what scripture tells us not to do so there's a proper way to do this in fact If we go and we read in Ephesians chapter 4 a little bit further, it'll tell us twice in this chapter, Paul says, speak truth in love. So if we've got to go tell somebody the truth of what's going on, we still have to speak it in love. So if, if someone's out of the proper relationship with God, and that love relationship's broken. Maybe everything right here that we're talking about, patience, kindness, forgiveness, all these things, they don't have all this humility. So if something's broken in that, our job is to be able to go and to speak that truth to them, but you've got to speak it in love. It's Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Now, this is pretty cool, too. Let me just tell you this. And you can write this down kind of in the margin of your notes if you want to know this. I don't know if you want to know this or not. But 60% of all the truths that are told in Ephesians are restated in Colossians. So almost word for word, or better yet, subject for subject, you're going to get 60% of the book of Ephesians in Colossians. So this same passage in Colossians is re-saying the same thing that you've just got in Ephesians. So, as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other whatever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, you should, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Is that not saying the same thing? Those verses are basically saying the same thing a little bit longer in its explanation in in the book of Colossians than it is in Ephesians. But the essentials of it are exactly the same. So in three different letters, in three different places, Paul has said the exact same thing. Don't tell me that there are not elements and threads within Scripture that God is trying to get across to us. How important is the love relationship? It is foundational to everything. If we don't have love, we don't have anything. We just learned that last week. So now, as we know that that has has to be the elemental foundation of who we are, now he's describing to us how that has to look. And why is that important? Because there's not going to be any peace, nor is there going to be any unity. What's another name for unity? Harmony. Harmony is another name for unity. So if we want to be harmonious as a body of Christ, if we want to be harmonious in the the message that goes out to the world, there has to be unity. There cannot be discord. And it's our job to keep that relationship right with God and then keep that relationship right with others. And if others are out, are broken, are in discord, then it's our job to try to get them back into that. But not judge them for what's going on. Okay? Everybody see that truth? Because if we don't have this foundation, then it's not going to come out in our attitudes and it's not going to come out in our actions and that's where we're going next so is everybody good just nod with me okay just even if you're faking it till you make it because you want to go home at 12 just shake your head with me all right all right good good we got it it's on us we got to have this so the next things that are uh, the next things that are given in these three verses the next section is our attitudes love is not Love is not arrogant, love is not jealous, love is not provoked. So what does that mean? That means that the the love that we have has to be spiritual because all of those things are in the flesh. So notice that what I just said is the opposite of the foundational things that I just gave you. Did you get that? So, the opposite of humility is pride, which is arrogance. The opposite of forgiveness, all right, is going to be those who are provoked. The opposite of kindness is jealousy. So we have to understand and have to see that we cannot have these things as a part of our life because that is the flesh seeping through to us and through us in our attitudes. So in everything in which we go and we connect with other people, we have to think of these things first. All right, so you're going to go to lunch today. <laughs> you know, it's probably going to end up being me now because I'm going I'm to talk about this. But you, you may get bad service today. Everybody's not perfect, Right everybody's not perfect how are you going to respond to that remember what Chuck Swindoll said life is 10% what happens to you 90% how you respond to it so what happens when they bring your wrong food everybody else is eating and you're not because yours is messed up are you going to lay into the waitress she didn't cook it he didn't cook it They're they're just bringing it to you did it get wrote down wrong did it get delivered the message get delivered wrong what happened you see, we need to start thinking about how this happens with us. Now, sometimes we think about, I'm not saying a word about this because I don't know what they'll do to that plate if I send it back. Yeah, that's some of you, right? But then some of you are like, I want my lunch, and that's what I ordered. I want to get it. So you're going to send it back and get it done right. But how you do that, it's how you respond, it makes all the difference in the world. There's a restaurant that we've gone, we go to, and we go to a lot. And so over the last few times that we've gone there, twice our order's been messed up. But I want to tell you this. Each time we've been patient, we've been kind, we've been forgiving. And you know what? They have given us free meals each time. I'm not saying that they're going to always do that to you. But they know this. They see this. You're their customer and how you respond, and then they respond back. Do you get this? It's reciprocal in the relationship. We want people to love us, but we don't want to love other people. <laughs> I want you to love me, but I want to treat you like I'm feeling right now. And I'm a raw nerve to so just back off, Jack. But love me. Love me anyway. It doesn't happen that way, does it? When people see us this way, they go, whoa, not going in there. And you've been there. You know that, right? There are certain days you have in your household where your spouse is going, I ain't touching that with a 10-foot pole today. I'll be outside if you need me. I'm going to the grocery store. Maybe when I come back, you'll be in a better mood. We want someone to love us and respond to us in a forgiving, loving way, but we don't want to show that towards someone else. It doesn't happen that way. What generally happens for me, let me just give you my example. When I'm like that and I have made my wife angry, i got to say, I'm sorry. Then it's all good. We can go back into it. But until I say I'm sorry, she goes, That doesn't sound like an apology to me. (laughs) I think you're forgetting a few words here. You're trying to skip over and think that we're going to go right back to the way you were before you lost control there. But we got to get this back, put this back in order. You need it, don't you? Because if you don't have that, then it's not fixed. So see, our attitude, when we come through this, our attitude that we have shows itself out. We're going to get there in just a second. But we think that our attitudes don't flow over, but they do overflow. They flow into everything. Our attitudes (laughs) flow into everything. How many of you like cleaning your house? nobody likes to clean their house right i tell you what the chore around our house that everybody hates is dishwashing we got a dishwasher but loading and unloading that thing you would think that i had asked somebody to go into hades itself and spend time there i have not just load the dishwasher I'll put the soap in there and turn it on for you. Just do it. Nobody's like, ugh. But you know what? Nobody has a problem fixing the food and throwing the pan in there. You know what I mean? Throwing the pan in the sink or the dishes or the cups or whatever that's being used. It's always good in there. Show some love to those around you and be the sacrifice and do what needs to be done. I'm sorry fixes the relationship you know what I put these dishes in the sink I'm okay with putting them in the dishwasher whatever it might be for you if we had a love attitude then it would bring us catch this now latitude with everybody else the wrong attitude gives us no latitude with anybody else So if we want people to give us some grace we have to show some grace if we want people to give us some mercy we have to show that's the beatitudes get it there's a thread again these same things that are being spoken here have already been spoken by the lord and those are words in red which means they're really important jesus said it get it done all right Make sure we got these relationships right. So what does Scripture say? James says this in chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is what? Disorder and evil in every evil thing. But the wisdom that is from above is pure and peaceable and gentle and reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. I'm going to tell you this one. I can't tell you how many times my wife has said, Have you, did you listen to your sermon today? In fact, she said it last week. At lunch, I didn't even make it home. Did you listen to what you were preaching? And I'm like, no, nah, I was just preaching it. So, I mean, think about it. We can say it all we want to, but it's hypocritical when we can't what? Show it. When we can't show it. Colossians 3, 2. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are of this earth. Remember, spiritual things, spiritual mindset versus a flesh mindset, things of this earth. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right and pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Don't be a negative Nelly. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just tell you, last Wednesday night, I got a little sideways, all right? I've turned 50 and things are falling apart. And and Marcia over here called me out. So we're in the middle of Bible study, and Marcia goes, you're depressing me. And I'm like, you know what? My job is to be an encourager, is it not? That's what the scripture says. Stop dwelling on liver spots and whatever else they call these things and, and how my hair's falling out in certain places and growing in other places. And I'm like, I didn't even know I had hair there. What is up? How does an ear hair get that long, you know? And I can't grow it right here anymore. It just needs to go three inches over and it'd be in the proper place. Do you get what I'm saying? But it happens to every single one of us. I can either sit here and dwell on this junk that's of the flesh, or I can be of the Spirit and have the right mindset and be an encourager. Be, think about the pure things, the holy things, the righteous things, the good things, instead of dwelling on the bad things, all right? So, love is not jealous, arrogant, or provoked. Love does not. Here's the actions. Love does not act inappropriately, selfishly, or evil. What does it say there? It says up in the passage, does not act unbecomingly. Does not. uh, Where's the other one? Um, Does not rejoice in in unrighteousness. Okay. So does not seek its own. So as we act. We need to understand that we act the right way. So when our attitude becomes right, when foundationally we have these love aspects in the right place, we're patient, we're kind, we're forgiving, we're humble, then our attitudes get in the right place, and then our actions will be right. If not, we're going to cause discord, and our actions are going to be wrong. We're going to act unbecomingly. Pastor Tim, I saw Deacon such-and-such down at the bar the other day. What was he doing down there? Drowning some pain. That's what we do. We self-medicate ourselves. He's down at the bar. I'm in the back eating a pound of chocolate. It's the same thing. I'm self-medicating myself to make myself feel better. None of you do that, right? None of you eat wrongly because uh, it's an emotional thing, right? None of you've ever gone to the grocery store. Why do you need six cans of Pringles? You don't. Tomorrow comes home and says there were buy one get one. <laughs> That's why we got six of them. And I'm going, look, I don't care who we are, if they were buy one get one or not, we didn't need six cans of them because you know what we like Pringles and it's a comfort food right and when our attitudes are bad we want something to make us what feel better because then the action part of it will come out but then three weeks later we're going I stepped on the scale and I weighed seven pounds more I said six cans of Pringles that'll do it to you and now we feel what bad again So then we mope around instead of walking around. (laughs) See, it's actions. When we have these relationships right and they're in the right order, it'll come out right. When it's not in the right order, it comes out wrong. So it comes out inappropriately. It comes out selfishly. The deacon at the bar, get back to him. He's not thinking of everybody else at church, right? He's not thinking of his responsibility, his position, the things that he signed up for, to be an example. He's thinking what? This is bad. I'm trying to fix it for myself. So it comes out selfishly. Get off the deacons now. All right? And does not act evil. (laughs) You ever heard the saying, don't poke the bear? Right. What happens when you poke the bear? The bear responds, right? So I want you to think, this, think about this. When we are provoked by others, we lash out. We, we lash out verbally. Through our, we lash out through our actions. There are hand gestures when we're driving with fingers that say Words. I didn't even know this stuff. I mean, I was watching a baseball game the other day, and they had somebody on the screen, and I'm not going to make the signal, but it's the okay signal. So some kid in the stands next to the baseball player who is from a different nationality put the okay sign down, and everybody was on this kid like white on rice because why? Because they said that that in a different culture meant something different which was basically the like the finger maybe giving somebody the finger or some something like that something akin to that so this kid thought he was doing the okay sign but uh, let me tell you you go to a foreign country don't do okay do a thumbs up do something else because in some cultures that's not acceptable So our actions mean things even when we don't even know they mean things, right? Words come out, you can't take them back. So when we lash out because we've been provoked, we will act out in evil. We will not act out in righteousness. I gave this in Sunday school today. This came from one of my seminary professors. I thought this was good. Maybe this relates back to the deacons. He said this, if anybody gets in with a pig, everybody gets dirty. Y'all not laughing, that was a deacon joke. You get it? Everybody that gets in the pen with the pig gets dirty. So the only way you keep yourself clean is to what? Stay out of the pen. Stay out of the pen. So you don't get in there. You don't lash back out. You don't respond when you've been provoked. See, the attitudes that's there, you can stop it. But when we don't stop it, it comes out in actions. It comes out in bad words and bad deeds. It comes out in things that we don't even think sometimes because we don't even know culturally what some of those things mean. We need to be on our guard. In fact, scripture says this on your guard all the time so that we will respond appropriately, not inappropriately. Scripture says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own interests, but also the interests of others. What if we always thought about that before we spoke or before we did something? Don't act in your own selfish desires. But always thinking of other people first. Hmm. If I say or do this, how's that going to reflect on my spouse? My child how's that going to reflect on my children? Oh, preacher's kid. My kids hated that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everything that they did reflected back on me. They're not perfect. I can tell you that. Are you, Mallory? You're not perfect. <laughs> It's a gene pool in it, babe. All right. So there's no one that's perfect, but their expectations were that they had to be what better than all the other kids because they're preachers' kids, and I had to go to them and say, "Look, you can't do that." But dad, why does everybody else get to do it? Because my job doesn't allow you to do that. My ministry. Everybody else can do that, but you can Why is that? It's because that's what God has... So in other words, it's, it affects everybody else. That's been, that's been the hardest thing about being a pastor, is that my position, ministry, affects everybody else. And that is the hardest part of it because what that means is that the things that I dictate to other people in my family and you know sometimes they just need to be able to respond like they should respond not to what everybody thinks how Tim should respond and and that's a that's a another level but we won't even talk about that because then we'll be talking about ministers we've already been on the deacons today Uh, we need to get everybody home before midnight Last scripture says this, These things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be in you. So, so you, I want you to under, understand something. Pretty much all those basic elements of love that I gave you through attitude and actions came out in a proper way through scripture. Paul says over and over and over and over, Every letter that he's writing, this is, the way you need to, this is the attitude you need to have. This is the way you need to act. This is why you need to do it. Or, this is why you do it, because of love. So this is the attitude that you have to have, and then this is the way you got to act. And he wrote that to the Philippians. He wrote that to the Ephesians. He wrote that to the Colossians. He wrote that to the Thessalonians. He wrote that to Timothy. He wrote that to Titus. He wrote it to the Romans over and over and over. He said it in many different ways, talking about many different things, either theology or through life experiences or whatever. But he said the same thing. Where did he get it from? He got it from the Sermon on the Mount that Christ gave when he sat everybody down. And he said, blessed are those that are the peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful, because they will be shown mercy. All these things over and over and over that are said comes out of love. So we cannot declare ourselves to be followers of Christ without defining ourselves as a lover. A lover of God and a lover of other people. I was going to start the message today by asking you what kind of lover you were, but I thought that might put us all on the bad (laughs) foot. See, you would have got the wrong intentions if I'd have done that at first, but now at the end you're like, what kind of lover am I? What kind of lover of God am I? What kind of lover of other people am I? The description is right here if we don't meet that description we're out of balance in our love relationship whatever that is we need to fix it if you're impatient you gotta learn patience if you're not really kind or gentle you need to learn some mercy if you're unforgiving you need to learn how to forgive and guess what If you're prideful, God's going to teach you some humility. And God's just going to keep sending it over. Like my wife says, you keep failing. You wouldn't have to do these things over and over again if you would get it right. But you keep flunking, Tim. Because you're impatient and you won't won't show patience, guess what you got to do? You got to go back and do it all over again. And then you got to learn it. And one day you'll be set free from it because you'll learn it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your love for us. You loved us so much that you did not leave us in our sin. You loved us so much that despite our unrighteousness, you still sent your son die for us. You even showed us love through his life, the ultimate sacrifice, his life laid down for us. You described love to us so that we can have the proper attitudes, so that we can respond the proper way. But Father, we still need help. We need help every single solitary moment of every day. Because our natural set is to think about ourselves. Our natural set is to revert back to our gene pool or the way that we were raised or all the inadequacies that we have. Father, help us to break free from our comfort zone. Help us to be set free from the things that hold us back. Help us to love. These things we pray now in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.